0: Columbus has produced some amazing athletes, and we're lucky to have one of them even come back home. DJ Jones has blazed a trail from the Fountain City all the way to the NFL, and Jack, we're lucky to talk to him today.
1: Exactly. He's been a great player on the field. He's been a fantastic media personality off of it, and now we'll go to his inside story. That's next on On Your Sidelines.
2: When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons welcome to the on your sidelines podcast with the news 3 sports team
0: bringing in everybody welcome to the on your sidelines podcast i'm rex castillo wrbl news 3 sports director that is jack patterson but first before we get into our guest time for a t-shirt check i have to rock the callaway cavaliers and their state championship run congratulations again to the Cavs. they'll see if they can do it again in 2021 jack who you rockin
1: I am rolling with the Ufala Tigers. Man, you, when you talk about schools that have really just been doing great in all different sports, you talk about the Ufala football team yep. making deep runs in the playoffs. The both of you basketball teams making deep runs. And the cheerleading squad seems to be placing at nationals every year. They could so, arguably be the best squad in that school. They are absolute beasts. So shout out to the Eufaula uh, Tigers. And, of course, we'll be keeping an eye on them as we get set for football season coming up this summer. Rex who are we talking to today? Well, we say that we t- we talk to sports icons. I think this is
0: one of the biggest icons we have in Columbus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Sports Visions own DJ Jones. Thanks for joining us. What's DJ. good, fellas? How you guys doing? Man, We're
1: doing good. Lucky doing to good. have you on board, my
0: Pleasure friend. Pleasure to, to be here. Pleasure to be here. So, DJ, when we talk about homegrown talent, you are about as homegrown as they come. Going to Carver High School, what was it like playing back for the Tigers, uh, you know, suiting up on Friday Night Lights for that for that school?
2: Well, it was great, man. It was uh, something that I dreamed of since a little boy. Growing up right behind Carver High School in Buena Vista Estates and going up as a youngster watching Carver uh, varsity teams play football, baseball, basketball, and just... I the Carver Tigers uh, football players and, and basketball players, uh, it was just a, um, it was a dream come true. When I
1: oh, go ahead, Jack. Sorry. So one thing that you got to do when you play at Carver is you got to play under the legendary Wallace Davis. Tell us a little bit about you know playing for Coach Davis. You know we've heard some incredible stories about Coach Davis.
2: Well, first let me just say this. Congratulations to Coach Davis. He's going into his third uh, Hall of Fame exactly. since I've known him. Miss. Of course, the Georgia Athletic Directors Association hall of fame on uh, june 5th in atlanta at the hyatt downtown and he's already in the chattahoochee valley sports hall of fame as well as the lincoln university sports hall of fame where he went to college but um uh, you know playing for a guy like that who was just uh he was another guy who grew up in a neighborhood uh very very conscious of, of of being a good person uh you know being serious about uh, the sport you know if you want to play you have to be in condition and you know Carver, at that particular time, I don't, you guys didn't know this, but that was more of a basketball school. Spencer was the football power gotcha. um, yeah. uh, as far as uh, you know those days back in the day. Uh, but uh, Coach Davis, he brought uh, just a tremendous sense of, of, of work habit and, uh, and a, a tremendous sense of, of pride in the game. And uh, he taught me so much more. And, uh, again, I had some great coaches coming up in Little League as well as in in, in middle school. But, however, Coach Davis was one of the best that I've ever had.
0: You've been a part of some great football rivalries. Uh, from at every level, but how special is it playing in the Heritage Bowl?
2: Well, man, I tell you, it was just a tradition. My mom and dad both graduated from Spencer, so I knew I <laughs> love of Spencer. so uh, again Coach Davis uh, played and played it uh, and graduated from Spencer. but uh, it was just a, you know a tremendous rivalry and uh, you know we uh, we didn't fare as well as we would have liked because I think I don't think we won but one out of the four of my years uh, four years in high school. however, uh, but you know, it didn't matter. It's kind of like Georgia Georgia Tech. It didn't matter what the records were you know, even though it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, But uh, it was just that that rivalry
1: and that pride and, you know, that game that that just meant so much to the neighborhood. Absolutely. And you talk about, you know, being a product of that neighborhood, Vista Estates. You know, how just when you talk for those who may not be aware of, you know, what Carver, what the atmosphere and the tradition of Carver High School football is all about, just take us kind of inside of, you know, just the spirit and the passion. You know, every time I go up there, there's always some, you know, always the community always coming around and t- trying to take care and root on these boys. Well, it has a lot to do with the neighborhood. I
2: mean, the school on the hill. That's what you That's what you, on the you, hill. You, you hear Here, affectionately known is on the hill. And, uh, you know, the people in the, whether it's Buena Vista Estates, uh you know, Vista Road, Annette, Annette Terrace, Carver Heights, East Winton. All of the surrounding neighborhoods of Carver High School. Most of those people, that Carver, Carver is their school. It's just like the University of Georgia or Alabama to, to most or Auburn. George, uh, George, uh, George Washington Carver High School is the is the thing, and uh, you know whether they play freshman games or ho- on, on campus basketball games, the community they, they they show up and show out.
0: Yeah, it's just a tremendous sense of pride, in, uh, and and I'm glad I was a part of it. No matter what sport you go to, Jack. I don't know about you, but every time you cover a Carver home game, it, it is a lot of fun to it, cover.
1: And this- Crazy thing, Rex, it's been like that for a long time. <laughs> DJ talks about when he was there. Like, I spent a lot of time at yeah. Carver, too. I had family that went to Carver and played for Carver. So, this isn't nothing. This isn't <laughs> anything new. This, this is a
2: long-standing tradition. Yes. Yes, indeed. Man, I tell you, just proud to have an opportunity to come back and serve this community, not only Carver High School. Now, the whole,
0: you know, by city, Chattahoochee Valley area is something that I have to obviously – Pay homage to. And you do a great job, and we'll get we'll get to that chapter for sure. But as as you leave the, the campus of Carver High School, you head to Athens. What was it like? And how what was recruiting um, like when Vince you got to get to play for the legendary Vince Dooley?
2: Well, I, I you know what I would be uh remiss if I didn't share this. You know, the 10 years, or excuse me, the four years of my high school career, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Carver high school, we didn't win four games, believe it or not. I wow. was an all-American, all city. All-state and one of the most highly recruited players in the state. However, uh, you know, recruiting uh, on that hill, I think it kind of opened up at that point in time. That was the era, beginning of an era. It had been some other guys that had gone off to big schools, but I think I started the era of, uh, you know, the University of Georgia and, and, and a lot of the other institutions coming in to Carver and really not just uh, recruiting our athletes because of our record and our program because, you know, if you have a dynasty, you guys have covered sports here for a oh, while, yeah. and you know what the deal is. Usually teams with great – tradition and culture those are the teams that usually get the most highly recruited athletes but it was a special place as i told you and uh, being at carver and having the, the uh, you know, all the sec schools come in all the accs come in and even some schools from out west yeah. and uh, of course uh up in wisconsin which was another pipeline for uh, george washington carver high school it was tremendous man i, I was uh, i knew i was pretty good after uh, you know my junior year i had you know set a few records and uh, was All-American, and, and so the the, the, people, the letters came, and the recruiter state uh, on campus from Clemson to Florida State to Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, but Coach Vince Dooley, uh, I just had a special place for the Bulldogs, and growing up watching the Vince Dooley show, and, uh, you know, that red and black, man, is something <laughs> just something that you just, you know, once it hits you, you
1: it, you can't get rid of it. Absolutely, so what was your first impression when you walked on campus in Athens?
2: It was uh, pretty exciting. I had been there a couple of times with visits, but uh, to be amongst the recruiting class, the 1980 recruiting class, which obviously featured Herschel Walker, but we also had uh, a lot of other players do include uh, Freddie Gilbert, Terry Hogue. Uh, the list goes on and on. But uh, it was just a tremendous time. Coming off of a year where the University of Georgia 1979 uh, team was really a, was a bad year. It got the mm-hmm. butts kicked. And, um, you know, a nice blend of senior uh, talent uh, or that crossed over with the, our, freshman, our talented freshman class. And I ended up uh, winning a national championship in my first year. After all of those losses, as I mentioned before, <laughs> in high school in four years, didn't win 10 games, my first
0: year in college, we were undefeated 12-0 in a national champion and SEC champion. What was that like? To, I mean, you sure your background wasn't a whole lot of winning, and then you're on top of the college football world. That must have been amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. But again, I, I just attribute that to my my faith,
2: my parents, uh, of course, Coach Dooley having the faith in, in recruiting me, and being a quarterback, a backup quarterback on that uh, national championship team. After a lot of people thought that uh, Coach Dooley was wouldn't
1: give me an opportunity to play quarterback. So playing in the SEC back in those days, you know, compare comparing it to you know what it is now, you know, just. How insane was it to be playing the kind of you know the Blue Bloods? You know you're playing teams like Alabama, and uh-huh, Tennessee, uh-huh. and you know South Carolina. You play you know Florida. Yeah, you playing all those teams. What was it like playing in those rivalries? It was just it was a dream come true. I mean, obviously
2: my first SEC game on the road up in Knoxville against uh Tennessee Shit. and over a hundred thousand <laughs> fans. You know, and here I am a you know little eighteen year old freshman, and uh we go up in uh, into the Nayland Stadium, man, and uh, you know we pull off this uh, tremendous victory led by uh, my classmate Herschel Walker. What was it like playing with Herschel? It was absolutely fantastic you know (laughs) it was it was a great thing being a classmate but I was even more of a friend so and I don't know you guys probably seen the pictures that you know when he won the Heisman in 1982 his family and uh got to of course Herschel selected two teammates and his family to go with him for the week and a half two weeks that we spent in New York uh, um, honoring him at at the uh, Heisman celebration and I was one of the one of the two teammates, myself, along with Chris McCarthy, and it was sensational. We have a conversation down periodically. I talk to him maybe once a month or so, and sure. uh, you know he's still Herschel. And although <laughs> he, the polit- political ramifications of his support of Trump, you know, really has put a, a, a damper on some of the uh, some of the things he's he's accomplished. And I let him know that you know, man, just just be Herschel Walker. Leave the politics alone, man. I, I just I hate taking the beatings after he's done so much for the university, so much for Georgia, Yeah. as far as uh you know, the state and uh you know what he he's going to be Herschel, man. I think he's going to accept <laughs> this challenge and politically right now I think he might he might have got been you know drunk in some hot water, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So after your time in Georgia, you had the opportunity to go play pro, drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Tell us what the draft process was like back in those days cuz we see it so you know glorified and you know glamorized nowadays but back in those you know 1984 right right 1984 what was it in going through the draft process back then well I,
2: I think I had a little bit of a taste of the draft process because I was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in Major League Baseball in 1980 after wow. I graduated from high school I did not know uh, that and it was uh you know it was so 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 special but uh you know again I'll tell you uh I, I, by the time I, the folks decided at Pittsburgh to take me and they told me hey look We want to take. I said I'm going. I'm going to play college football. I'm not going to consider the the opportunity. And they say, well, look, you know, I got taken in the 17th round by Mm -hmm. by Pittsburgh. They told me they would have taken me in the fifth round, and uh, the the financial package would have increased. But like I said, didn't take it. Never looked back. And uh, but the process at Georgia, man, it was just a tremendous after a tremendous career. You know, having an opportunity to play in the Senior Bowl first and foremost was uh, was just a treat, and that was a special special time for me because I would have probably had an opportunity to play. In the National Football League, had I not played in the Senior Bowl, sure. But uh, the Senior Bowl definitely put the spotlight on them because you know as well as I do, the top players in the country uh, get to play play in the game. Then they're coached uh, by the uh, NFL teams, and all the scouts and coaches from all over the league come down to Mobile, and it's like a a three, a three or four day affair. But uh, Terry Hogue was an All American safety, and uh, Terry was was supposed to play in that game, but he was over at the Hula Bowl the week prior, Mm. and he twisted his ankle, and the folks called. Coach Dooley and uh, told Coach Dooley to replace him. So, Coach Dooley called me and said, DJ, uh, would you like to go down to Mobile play in the senior bowl? Well, you know, he didn't have to (laughs) ask me twice. I was (laughs) already packed and headed down. But, I say that to say this. When you get down there, I had uh, three first round, well, actually two first round cornerbacks, Mossy Cade out of University of Texas, Leonard Coleman out of Vanderbilt, and Tony Lilly was a second rounder uh, from Florida. He was at safety, and I was replacing Terry Hogue, and I probably would have been a free agent. But, during the drills and during all of the, the sessions of practice, I was able to, you know, they couldn't tell, you know, if I was a first rounder or, or, or a second rounder because no I was able to, you know, to, to practice well, to do well. And then I had a great senior bowl game and all of a sudden my name went, you know, came up out of the ashes and I came up on the, on the draft boards, went to the combine. We had two combines at that particular time, yeah. one in Indy and one out in Seattle Okay, okay. and uh, did well at the combines and. Never knew the Green Bay Packers were going to take me. I thought maybe San Francisco or mm-hmm. might maybe uh, Dallas, because you know, yeah. I heard, got more information and you know, and, and, and letters and, and calls from them. Uh, but was fortunate enough to be drafted by the Green Bay Packers uh, in 1984.
0: Not a lot of football players know what it's like to play on Sundays, but to play for one of the flagship organizations in the NFL, the one of the historic franchises in the NFL, what was that like? You know, the funny thing about it is that when you're actually
2: living it and you're in the moment, you don't realize how sure. – you know how much uh, that means. Again, now I picture myself, and you think about all the nostalgia, all the legacy, the culture of the Packers. And um, but while I was playing, obviously, I knew it was a special. It was a special place because like every every monument, uh, on you know, on every inch of the doggone complex was about <laughs> uh, one of the great Packers. You know, but uh, it was a special time, a special t- your city. You know, in a small town, and one of the few, the only team in the, that doesn't have a, a sole owner. Uh, the team, the region, uh, just uh, embraces you and. Again, you know, I grew up as a little boy, wanted to play in the National Football League, and the Packers made that dream come true.
1: Lambeau Field. <sighs> frozen what Tundra. Yep. Is, what is that atmosphere like playing on game day?
2: Man, it's, 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 it's just, uh, man, I could pitch myself. It's everything that you see on these old highlights, and you hear the bo- the deep voice of the of, of the NFL, then right. they talk about the Frozen Tundra. But, man, a lot of great days, a lot of great times, a lot of great players, you know, from James Lofton's job. Uh, 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 Lynn Dickey, the quarterback there, Paul Kaufman, John Jefferson, uh, Eddie Lee Ivory, uh, Ezra uh, Ezra Johnson, the names that go on and on, man. But uh, again, a special place and a special time in my heart because I was a you know I grew up you know as a you know a young man in Green Bay after leaving the University of Georgia, being there for several years, and uh, uh, you know what I've, I've been back one other time, but it's on my bucket list to go back to a game and to go back and uh, kind of. You know, walk back through the, 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 the town, go through the streets of uh, Green Bay, even though I've heard that they, it's still a small town Green Bay, but they have so many more um, features as far as hotels and
0: casinos. Well, they need to give this man an, an, an invite, I'm just saying. Exactly, right? <laughs> now, it's one thing to, to play on Sundays, but it's another thing to also get some tremendous success on Sundays as well. You go to the Denver Broncos, yes. help, help be a part of an AFC championship team. What was that like?
2: It was absolutely uh, fantastic. My uh, homeboy, uh, Dan Reeves, was right down in America's yeah. Georgia, was the head coach. We had, of course, John Elway, and uh, we had the three amigos. Uh, that, well, those were re- John's receivers, Vance Johnson, uh, Ricky Nittill, and Mark Jackson. Man. And uh, they were special. But even even with the the, the, the Denver Broncos uh, football team, I had a couple of uh, classmates. Winford Hood was offensive lineman. Clarence K was a tight end. And Freddie Gilbert uh, was uh, a defensive lineman. Uh, Lyman, So I had some familiarity with uh, the Denver Broncos because these guys were a part of our 1980 National Championship uh, recruiting class.
1: So now I know the game didn't turn out the way that you guys envisioned, Mm. but you got to talk to me about being able to go to a Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was special. It was really special. And uh, to have gone and played in a National Championship game at the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And to have the opportunity to play. And we were playing at Jack Murphy Stadium at that time out in San Diego. <laughs> and uh, you know what? The historic part of that was that Doug Williams, the first African-American yes, exactly. MVP, Super Bowl starter. Uh, we you know, I was rooting for Doug, but, uh, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I wanted that ring. And, uh, you know, but it was Can't just blame it you. was it was a great it we we you know we jumped out ten nothing. You know, I thought, man, boy, it was going to be easy. But, you know, Doug. Put a Superman cape on and threw sure yeah. for a gazillion yards. And then uh, <laughs> the, the one-hit wonder, Timmy Smith, ran uh, for 250-plus uh, <laughs> yards. And, My goodness.
0: And uh, we went home packing. When you look back at your playing career, do you have a favorite memory or a favorite teammate that, you know, maybe some people would have, uh, maybe a, like, hidden treasure memory or something like that? You
2: know what? When you played with Hershel Walker in, high school, in college – I played with a guy by the name of Lester Mahone in high school. I always talk about Lester, even though I, you know from the college college to the pros. But from Lester Mahone, Herschel Walker, to playing against Bo Jackson, Man. and guys like Marcus Allen, and and and, and, the, and the likes of uh, Tony Dorsett and Walter Payton. You know those. I mean, it's too many to. I mean, I can't <laughs> pick out one because again, it, it, it's just. Uh, I never dreamt that I would. Well, I can't say I, I never dreamt it, but I just didn't think it would become a reality. And to have the opportunity to play not only against and with these greats of the game, all these fantastic venues around the country, uh, to be able to go to these different cities and uh, all because of football, and uh, you know that that that's special. So I, I can't answer your question not because sure. I don't have one moment, uh, because again, three SEC championships, a national championship, and an AFC championship. Wow, I mean it's, that's hard to pick.
0: Jack, that trophy case is pretty full, and he just rattled <laughs> off he just rattled off a, what, a top ten list of NFL <laughs> running backs of all time
1: <laughs> uh, that he's played. Again. Casual, just casually out there. <laughs> That's yeah, that, amazing. That's incredible. So once your playing career is over, what was going for, through your mind as far as like, okay, what's next? Because, you know, you have a lot of players who often don't know what's next after, you know, their playing career ends, whether they plan it or where the league plans it for you. You know, what was going through your mind as, you know, your career, playing career came well, to Well,
2: it? let me make myself perfectly clear. It was, you know, all of us go through this transition from – whether, whether, whether we, we put our cleats on for the last time in high school, college, or in the pros. We're well, certainly in the pros. I, you know, after I had an opportunity to, to get a taste of that lifestyle and to acquire some assets and, and really have, uh, you know, have a, you know, a distinct understanding of, of who I was and where I wanted to go. But then all of a sudden for the first time in my life, you get, you know, you get that, uh, you get that call or you get that note or your pink slip, whatever you want to call it. We call sure. it you're just getting cut <laughs> and your career is over. Yeah. And, uh, realistically, I had a, a several co- a significant injuries that, that uh, and I could have probably gone back and chased it, as many other guys do. But uh, you know, it just didn't it didn't work out. So you know, I knew that I had done enough uh, research. I mean, I did, did some things in the offseason. season. I got my real estate license one off season. Yeah. One off season, I went to uh, a, a stock bro- I actually went and in, in uh, intern with a stockbroker agency. Uh, in college, I had a radio show, so my, my major was communication. So I knew that I could do some other things. I just had to get my mind right so that I could focus and my passion and my attention that I had in football onto whatever it was that I, I liked. And uh, the first job that I had was in medical sales with uh, a division of Johnson and Johnson called uh, Cotman and Shirtliff. So imagine, you know, this wow. football player, <laughs> all of a sudden he's in the medical industry, walking into hospitals. Uh, selling surgical instrumentation—that's <laughs> a, that's a transition. Wow! Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. But you know, again, everything uh, in, in back then, especially in the uh, in the late '80s, uh, early early '90s, it was uh, all about image, and these companies sure. were making transitions, and they were hiring like the pharmaceutical industry were hiring the very beautiful young ladies because that, you know that got the attention, and then the the uh, the medical companies were hiring you know the big athletic looking guy that you know goes in with a nice suit on and a briefcase and his laptop, and a doctor, you know, because again, those who you have, those are the people that you have to impress to sell uh, the instruments and they have to, you have to get their attention. And, uh, you know, cause if I walk through the hospital or any other athlete walks mm. through the hospital, doctors are, are brilliant in their own right. You know, if you talk about neurosurgeons, orthopedics, uh, spinal specialists, you know, it's not going to take a, it's going to take a whole lot to get their attention. If they see a football face or a, a sports figure that they thought they might've seen or heard about if that whatever that is to get their attention, boom. And that, that was the uh, philosophy of the companies back at the that time. That's why I got that shot.
1: Wow.
0: So and then you transition and uh, you know eventually you go into the a very successful TV career. He's actually had my chair and so I'm just trying to like fill those shoes, still trying to do that. Man, you've already ran no shoes over. Man. <laughs> DJ, thank you. But what was it like for you to be at, you know, at, at that level to be on Atlanta but also to be WRBL sports director and then reporting on on kids who who are, you know, playing at Carver, playing at Spencer. What was that like?
2: It was absolutely a, a dream come true. I thought that my, you know, I thought I had to pitch myself because of the professional football career, but to grow up on television in your hometown, I mean, that was special in its own right. And I tell you, I couldn't have done it without a great cast of people. Again, you guys work with a couple of them now, and uh, Teresa Whitaker and uh, Phil Scoggins, and Mitzi Oxford was our weather, weather yeah, day, uh, meteorologist. Yes. And uh, again, they were they made it really, really uh, wonderful. They made it easy. Again, I have to give a, a, a big shout out to. Uh, Phil, uh, Bill Hartman up at uh, WAGA and WSB in yeah. Atlanta. Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, I did uh, the first three weeks on the job. I had to go up and shadow him because I had never read from a teleprompter, never shot a camera, uh, didn't edit any video.
0: So you know, were green, green, I was
2: green. I was a radio guy, and I had gotcha. a in, the, in, the, in the in the I captured my radio show at that time. I did a show with a guy by the name of Mike V. And we tore it up. I mean, it was like, we used to call it the Oprah Winfrey of Sports Talk Radio. Oh, Lord. It was good cop, bad cop. I mean, he'd come in and he was a a northerner from, you know, up in the Boston area and white guy. And he would come in with his, you know, his, whatever it was. And I'd come in and I'd just come out right after him and, you know, just clip his wings because again, it was just, it was just bizarre. And it was like lightning and and thunder. (laughs) But we made a name for ourselves in the community in the Chattahoochee Valley. And to be honest with you, the uh, general manager at the time of WRBL was a fan of our radio show. And uh, it was some changes made here. I think the the station had been bought and sold and new management came in. And that's when he came in. I got the opportunity to come over. And uh, that's what he he said. He said, look, I want you to bring that energy to my uh, sports department. And you know what? Growing up on TV, you know, again, that was funny. I, I used to be nervous as hell. You know, just not knowing, you know, every all the ins and outs, because, again, I'm a radio guy, man. Radio is so much different than television. You know, you have to sit a certain way. You have to look at a certain camera. and you uh, you reading from a teleprompter. Learn how you, to tie a tie yeah, and all that you junk. you got to go out and <laughs> Still cover all on of these doggone <laughs> high school football. Yeah, look, that's why I love you guys. Uh-huh. You guys do it with passion. Thank you. And Thank I, you. I, you guys, uh, I mean, you really make me proud. And, uh, of course, being media partners with you guys on my radio show, That's even more special. And the events that we have. You guys, you know, are presenters at uh, many of our awards. Most recently, we did a San Mark Awards uh, high school basketball awards. Very, very nice. And uh, glad to see. uh, Yeah, I mean, but you guys are there. And when you guys, when we do the football uh, luncheons down at (laughs) St. Luke, you guys come up as a tag team tandem. And it uh, looks like you guys have a, a doggone uh, hit, the, hit the, rehearse the act already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a lot of good chemistry. And exactly. honestly, it's just it's Jack dealing with the the hyper bunny, Easter bunny that I am, as, <laughs> as he's dubbed me a couple times. But yeah, just, he's blessed with patience to deal with me. Jack, go ahead. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> the Blessed is the key word, Rex. <laughs> but you've, so you've been in this road and you, you know, I didn't know that your major was communications at UGA. Oh, yeah. Um, but... And I think I just said AGA instead of UGA. <laughs> that shows you where you where. at full disclosure: I'm just coming off a vacation, <laughs> coming off the beach, and right into the studio, baby. Exactly. But um, so was this all? Was communications always a passion of yours growing up, or was you know where did, when did you start you know kind of finding your love for communications?
2: Well, Dale Williams, most of you know by partner in yes, uh, at Sports Visions, of course. He, uh, of course, I want you guys to say a special prayer for him because he's still recovering from. Uh, you know, the stroke he had when he was on the ventilator after COVID back in uh, yeah. December of last year. And, uh, you know, we, uh, I miss him. He, you know, he's been, you know, he's been uh, at home um, bedridden for ooh, the last four or five months. But he and I grew up together, next-door neighbors of the University of the States. We practiced uh, everything we saw on television, whether it was football games, ba- uh, baseball games, basketball games. We would watch it, and then we would go out in the, in the, in the field, in the yard, and, and, and do it. And but one of the things that went a little bit further with me is that I would emulate all of the announcers on television. I oh, no know those were the days of uh, Howard Cosell yeah. and Irv Cross and you know, so I would, wow. you know, be in the mirror in between and, you know, going in the yard playing ball and I'd have a stick, mop, broom, whatever <laughs> was was suitable as a microphone, and I'd be doing going back and forth
0: in the mirror. So I started early, early on, <laughs> I knew that I wanted to to do broadcasting. What's wow. F- what's funny is that I think we all have that. Moment. Yeah. Um, for yeah. me, it was Stuart Scott, the late great Stuart yes. Scott, and whenever yeah. I, I somehow we got TV and I found SportsCenter Center and heard heard my first booyah and the and the way he called him like all right, oh, yeah. I'm hooked. Yeah. Jack, what was yours?
1: Uh, Stuart Scott definitely. Yeah. Um, guys like you know, especially you know, as we come up now, Scott Van Pelt. Always mm-hmm. oh, um, Yeah. You know, yeah. just guys that bring that energy and that infectiousness. You know, grew up in the you know. Era Dan Patrick and you know, Oberman and all that. Yeah, Keith Oberman and all these guys, Chris Berman, you know, just growing up in that era of guys and then you know as i grew up you know you start like i said scott van pelt and then you look at guys like gus johnson and you know people like that you know that's you know you i've been there dj yes you know being there in the mirror or watching a game and putting it on you and calling it you know i'm a new i'm a news nerd (laughs) (laughs) self-professed so i know exactly where you're coming from Yo, this
0: this news nerd stuff goes deep with jack y'all i have been so impressed but um back to you dj you you spend some time in TV, but then you decide to actually come home and start Sports Visions. When you sat down with Dale and, and just some other partners, what was the initial like? What was the elevator pitch for Sports Visions? Well, to, you know, to be honest with you, I, I had already been home. I had understood at WRBL.
2: Uh, and then I had also uh, started. I was the vice president of football operations with the first arena football team here, the Columbus War Dogs. Mm-hmm. And Dale was uh, t- he was working in, in his church in his church ministry, and he was tasked to go out and find uh, out how to get uh, the, the 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 church a television show. Okay. So he, in, the, in the midst of that, he realized that you know in putting that together and watching me do five <clears throat> five minutes of sports, which was uh, you know a lot of times you know sport when news needs time, they come and cut you from cut it from sports. So you know, a lot of times they'll get frustrated in that that you know okay you just you're not on long enough, so he would uh, he made the pitch and said look if I find if I put a show together and, um, would you and get some sponsors would you be interested in partnering with me I said by all means and that's
1: you know since 2004 August of 2004 we hadn't looked back man that that's incredible and so first things first. You just dropped in this nugget that you were part of the Columbus War Dogs. <laughs> okay,
0: no, you for... have to be careful with DJ, y'all. He just <laughs> drops
1: nuggets all the time. <laughs> so, for, first thing I got to know is what was it like work? Because they, they were in, for those that don't know, they were in the AF2, which was the at the time Arena Football Developmental League. Um, what was it like being a part of that franchise?
2: Man, it was great. It was great. We had a great uh, owner uh, from Birmingham, Ed Randall who was a very wealthy uh, guy who came in and bought a franchise and placed it here in Columbus, Georgia. He uh, made Mike Salmon, another b- former broadcaster, the general manager. Uh, and after the first year, I think they went 0-16. And and, uh, nice. F- and uh, you know, then I got a phone call that said, uh, you know, he wanted to not only have somebody local involved, but he wanted to have somebody that knew football. And, okay, of course, I was transitioning from, you know, WRBL, and, and, and I'm still doing radio. Um, was, but I took the, took the position and, uh, man, I tell you, it was a great experience because, you know, not only were we able to do, uh, you know, the play by play in the, uh, in the, in the color, Mike Salmon and myself, uh, or actually no, Mike, Mike did it. Uh, that was some of, some of the things he had done, but, uh, the late, great Jim Fife from Auburn, Auburn's, nice. Auburn's Larry Munson, as I like to say, <laughs> wow, he was our, our play by play guy, you know, and then, uh, and I was, I did the color with him and starting off right there as far as calling games and. And that was one of the responsibilities, but the other one was up to hire, far as hiring coaches and making sure that we had a staff and making sure that the players that we had in town uh, were taken care of because we could house players. We had to make sure they had food, uh, they had our job opportunities as well. So it was just a plethora of things that I, just thoroughly I enjoyed.
1: Wow, it's just
0: what a career, man. That, <laughs> that,
1: that is incredible. So now switching gears back over to sports visions, uh, you know, just the g- sheer growth of. This. I remember being a kid, you know, and see I, I, it was right around that time I was in middle school here. And I remember seeing commercials about you guys on ESP on ESPN. Let's go. So, yeah. so like just the you know, just talk about the early days of sports visions. You guys I think you guys were on the cable ver- on ESPN yeah, yeah. when you guys first started out. Well, a lot of people thought
2: we were with the network, but what we had was ESPN offered a local window. Okay. Uh, in uh, to the the local markets, and now uh, we bought that window, okay. and so obviously we were on the ESPN uh, 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 s- portion of the, the the local network, and uh, again they started ESPN two, ESPN two, ESPN two, yeah, yeah, we really were, and uh, you man, you go back through the old clips, <laughs> and we uh, we just laugh, and but that got us going, but from there we were on a, a number of other uh, operations as far as uh, uh, affiliates here uh, in in the uh, in the City area, and uh, you know it's been a tremendous ride, and. You know, to have the opportunity, like I said, to go on and and to have an opportunity to cover, you know, the kids in this
0: area and, of course, the, uh, the coaches, uh, it's been a dream come true. You didn't have to come back and do this, but you do an amazing job highlighting these kids, giving them award banquets, uh, you know, media opportunities. I think what they do is they get a real taste of what it could be like at the next level, and that gives them really invaluable experience. For you, do you see the payoff after these kids get these awards? I mean, it's, it's a really cool trophy, and the way you guys honor these kids – it's incredibly impressive. Well, Dale and I
2: both, you know, growing up here playing, like I said before, uh, youth ball and high school sports, you know, once upon a time when we played, obviously there were a plethora of organizations uh, from the Losers and Liars, to Kiwanis Club, WOKS uh, used to give the Player of the Week, Coca-Cola used to have the Golden Hellman Award, uh, the Ledger Inquirer, as they still do have the uh, all, all by City teams. But we had those, 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 uh, those organizations and those uh, luncheons and, and banquets that we look forward to going to, and uh, Adil and I, as I mentioned, in 2004, when we started Sports Visions, uh, over the past, over the first couple of years, we realized that all of that had dried up and gone away, wow. and he and I both said, you know, with the sponsors and the partners that we had, we needed to make that happen, and that's what we did. We made, went back, made a presentation to the people that, uh, of course, were responsible for supporting us on television, and uh, of course, they, they you know, they've been, they jumped on board and been, been there ever since.
1: So one thing that has been kind of a hallmark of these banquets and stuff you do is the guest speakers and the guest speakers you have had are like a who's who of, you know, greatness when it comes to sports. You know, you've had Nick Saban, you've had Dabbo Sweeney, you've had Sam Mitchell. I mean, it's it,
0: not scrubs <laughs> y'all. It's I not mean, scrubs. It's,
1: a, it's incredible. The, 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 the star power you've brought down here to Columbus, man. You know, where does those relate? How do you make those relationships and how big is it for sports vision success?
2: Well, you know, you have to understand that when you're being exposed at at an early, uh, early period in time, of course, playing in the university of Georgia and those great relationships there with the coaches and of course the players, uh, you know, it started out, you know, in the first four, five, four, five, six years of uh, the, the uh, annual high school football awards Luncheons. You know, we started with Kevin Butler, who was a teammate of mine at the University of Georgia. And Kevin just happened to have been the all time leading uh, scorer Mm -hmm. in uh, college football. And of course, the all time leading uh, scorer with the uh, uh, Chicago Bears. He was our first speaker. Wow. David Green, the winging quarterback at that time in University of Georgia history. Steve Wallace, a three time Super Bowl. Uh, A block for Steve uh, for uh, uh, Joe Montana played at Auburn. It was all conference. These were friends. Jeremiah Castile, our hometown hero. Uh, Of course, they stand out at the University of Alabama. A captain, team captain with uh, Bear Bryant. uh, Played with the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brinson Buckner uh, was another one in the early years. And again, and then once it got to a point where we got on a roll. Now you got to keep in mind this area that we, we we you guys have the pleasure of covering. This is a hotbed. Uh, a, a football player. <laughs> Very so, much so. Yeah,
0: I learned that quick, fast, and in a hurry after Tried my first to, year.
2: So, a couple of players, uh, you know, were basically, uh, again, it did not take long. Mark Rick was the first that uh, tapped into it. He was, he, was at, he was in his tenure at Georgia. And uh, Mark basically said, uh, DJ, can I come to the, can I get involved? I said, sure. Whatever you want to do. It's
0: Mark Rick. So of course you
2: can. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Mark came down first and uh, he saw it and then he came again and then he, he spoke. And uh, from there, uh, the floodgates opened because, again, you know, you, when you got, 30, 40, 50, 60 of the top high school football players in the Tri City area. You know, again, this is a, easy for a head coach to say, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to talk to, you know, 40, 50 of the best players in that area. Not only that, the 20, 25 of the head coaches, head football coaches are going to mm-hmm. be in that room too. So it was just a no brainer. And from, <laughs> From there, like I said, Mark, Rick, then we got uh, I think Gus Malzahn, and got Nick Saban. He's been here at twice, actually.
0: I, I was about to say yeah. Nick, Nick. He understands networking. Yeah, that
2: man understands it. Um, but uh, Nick was here in 2015 and 2018. Dabo, yeah. he came and uh, made uh, uh, made uh, a, a fuss about, hey man, why am I on the tail end? Because Kirby had been here before him. Nick had been here twice. So you can just <laughs> tongue and cheek, just jab yeah, rising yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but uh, you know it was just uh, tremendous. And what what I like to. To say is to, you know, it's these kids never would have had the opportunity. And a lot of these coaches never would have had the opportunity to meet or hear in, or sit in the same room yeah. with these celebrated uh, sports figures and these, these tremendous coaches. And exposure is everything. That's what, Dale, we were, we were exposed from how we feed them to, to the dress code to the how we run the programs or how we bring the speakers in. We want them to say, because for many of them, it's the only opportunity that, that they'll ever ever have. Uh, you know, being honored on on a level, and we wanted to make sure that uh, just just like Green Island, you know, two weeks ago with the basketball uh, yeah. deal for the ceremony, nice place. I mean, who, who gets to go to a country club? Gets to dress up. Not a whole lot of people. Man. <laughs> Hear a name call. Yeah. Walk across the stage and pick up the award. That's those are things that, uh, that that you they will remember for a lifetime.
1: Absolutely. And speaking of things that you remember for a lifetime, you know, obviously we've said it all throughout this podcast is that, you know, you're a hometown kid, grew up in, you know, visited the states and everything. When you look back at your journey of where you started to where you are right now, you know, what's, you know, just think about, you know, what is the one thing that comes to mind as far as how you feel or, you know, how you describe your journey?
2: Well, I, I I have to say and give credit to the people that touched my life, the people that were in my village. You know, my mom and dad, you know, the coaches that coached me, the teachers that taught me, uh, you know, though, You know, and it might sound very cliche, it's, it's, uh, is this the word? Cliche, Cliche, cliche. cliche. Got cliche. It. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's real. I had some great coaches, Mr. Robinson and Mr. Collier in the YMCA leagues, which was the official league, the first official organized sports league that I, team that I played on, the Carver Colts. Uh, you know, I had a tremendous amount of baseball coaches uh, in Little Leagues, too many to name. But Mr. Tommy Drew at Edgewood, you know, the legendary Tommy <laughs> Drew playing out there. Uh, you know, those guys had their hands on me. My, my Sunday school teachers are coming up in the, in the Greater Be- Beulah Baptist Church uh, as my mom and dad brought me up in. And, uh, again, uh, just a tremendous amount of support in the neighborhood. Because, again, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, to do what we've done for the past 17 years with Sports Visions, Dale and I, it's still about people. And those people, a lot of them that remembered us, and there's a lot of them that uh, obviously uh, are new to us, and they realized and they studied us and watched how we care about these kids and, the, and w- the way we put things together and the detail that we do it in because, again,
0: uh, somebody did it for us. You have also done an amazing job with opportunities. Uh, just to see you blaze a path and also stay hungry Maybe someone who's listening to this right now, who could be in a situation where they're about ready to turn a chapter or they're heading into into college. What what advice do you have for some young men and women out there? You know what?
2: You got to stick true to your game. Stick true to yourself. You know whatever it is that you want, you have to be passionate about it. If you if you love it and you're passionate about it, don't let anybody tell you something you can't do. Now you you better believe me. Over the 17 years, even especially in the beginning, that that people were told, and you go in this big bad sports broadcasting world, <laughs> you know sports visions. you, don't, you, you you're not you guys can't do that. Well you know we've done it and uh, it might not Still be a whole, doing it. it might not be a whole lot but it's ours and yeah. uh, and again that's because of people the people in this community that care a great deal about us uh, people in our network that see two uh, you know african american males doing something that ha- not being done and inspiring uh, other little boys and girls to to do to to, to do so and you know uh, again waking up in the morning and, and loving what we have going on you know and not i don't know a lot of people can say that we are so, we're, we're some of the selected few that can yeah. You know, be happy and know that we wake up in the morning doing something that we love. But you know, I thank God for the opportunity. I thank God for the favor, and uh, we're going to need continued uh, blessings and, and prayers to 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 move forward because there's so much more the Dale and I have to do. Now, I don't think that he's going to be down much longer. He's it's in the, it's uh, it's in the cards. He's going to come back, and he's going to be back sooner than later. Can't wait for that comeback.
1: And I cannot wait for that. You know, we one thing we've talked about Dale the relationship that you two have you grew up with each other you know you went to the same schools you know what does that mean what does that man mean to you
2: well you know what he means the world to me and for the folks that don't know dale and i grew up in beautiful states as i mentioned before we've been knowing each other over 50 years you know i was eight years old seven eight years old when i met dale he was a couple of years older and uh i give a lot of credit to who I was as an athlete, who I became as an athlete, because when you're a little kid, seven, eight years old, and you're running around with a, with your big, basically your big brother, and you're playing not only with, with only against the kids your age, you're playing against his, the, the kids his age, and that's like eleven and twelve years old. So you know, I was getting my butt kicked. But, <laughs> it's a big but, gap. But, but when it came time for me to play with people on my, on, you know, my age, I, you know, I was so much, you know, head and shoulders above it. Yeah. In that, in that. And So the, I we called it playing up. It prepped you, yeah. It prepped this, and uh, you know I got knocked on my behind a lot. (laughs) I got struck out a lot. Uh, You know, it's but the same thing at the same time. You know, it forced me. It pushed me to be a better guy, a better player, and a better individual. And uh, Dale is
0: is the credit to that. You mentioned it also how how important it was for for to you two to be African American men just to be successful and carry yourselves the way you do. And you take a lot of pride in that. I mean that, and you continue to do that. How, how special is that to do that with, with that guy?
2: Well, you know what, you know, the thing about, I can just say this, you know, being in, on WRBL uh, back in uh, 20 plus years ago and, and, having people in the community come up to me and say, DJ, you know what? I appreciate you. You know, I, I, when you come on television, you know, you, you're dressed, you know, to the hill, you know, you're using the King's English the way, the right way. You're articulating your words. Yeah. I make my kids watch you because I want them to one day have an opportunity to do what you're doing. You don't know. You don't have, you don't have any understanding of how that makes me feel more so wow. than anything because for, you know, and again, I, I talk about African-American males because again, we are in times where obviously we need help. We need some inspiration because again, the, the, the times of social injustices and the, yeah. all the things that are going on in the world today, you know, just to see a positive, uh, figure, uh, in, you know, in, in front of your children, you know, in front of, uh, in front of each other so that you can inspire and know and I'm doing something that not a lot of people are doing. Hell 50 years ago, DJ Jones or any other African American, uh, couldn't come on television could yeah. come on. You know, you know, but here it is, you know, we have a show and we've been running now 17 years and, you know, hopefully we'll run for another 17 years. Radio platform, television platform. we got a magazine, the platform, and, of course, we do the events. Uh, this, is, this is, you know, God's favor ain't fair, man. I mean, I know you don't. Know, it, it's
0: been amazing. The man is hustle defined. <laughs> exactly. What
1: I'm 100%. Let's talk a little bit about that radio show, man, because the radio show is over there clicking you know you and dale started it up I, uh, you guys are over on flavor 92.1 mm-hmm. which is a pmb station right so and uh, once again a media partner with us here at news three we're
0: blessed to have you guys you know help us out too so hey <laughs> man anytime back, i can give a shout out to you guys and
2: again exposure letting, letting the community know my whoever's watching me or listening to me and not listening to you i just wanted to i want to cross promote because again you guys like i said bring a lot to the table.
1: Well. Appreciate that. But, you know, you guys bring a lot to the table, too. Obviously, the show, you know, you start off with you and Dale and obviously with everything that Dale's been going through. You know, uh, your producer, um, Thrift Behringer, has kind of stepped in and, you know, mm-hmm. you guys are still rocking and rolling over there.
2: Yeah. Let me just say uh, thank you to Thrift. Thrift has uh, he's an incredibly talented young man. And uh, I tell you, he has stepped in quite admirably. For Dale, and again, Loretta Rose, another young lady who has done a tremendous job of filling, you know, I call it stepping in and filling in the gaps yeah. for Dale, and uh, with the award show, most recently the Female Athlete of the Year award show that we did uh, on in back in April. But yeah, just a tremendous support of, uh, of, of people around you, and whenever you think that you are the the start all get all, you you are obviously. Thinking the thing, not think with, with all, all of your might. Oh yeah, um, because again, you know, it takes teamwork to make the dream work, and I learned that a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I might be the front guy or the pitcher, but it's a lot of people that uh, are filled in. But I got I got you know. When you talk about the radio show. I have to give a big big uh, shout out to uh, to Jimbo Martin, who is the owner of the uh, PB, uh, PMB Broadcasting. Yeah. He had been watching as many people watch, you know, and he, they saw us grinding. They saw us digging. They saw us with our head down. And I say us Dale and I, with sports visions and the things that we uh, were doing in the community. And, you know, we had an opportunity, uh, you know, several years ago and we met with him and he was the, uh, you know, he's one of the biggest fans. He's uh, he believes in what we do and not only on this radio, but the community events how we honor these kids and other individuals with the uh, community service awards um, but yeah, he deserves a, a big shout out. He and uh, you know, Joseph Brandon, his uh, assistant general manager, and the staff and crew over at uh, PMB, uh, and, and including uh, Thrift, who is just like I said, he is a tremendously talented young man. The sky's the future for him. Uh, keep your eyes on uh, on Thrift Barringer. He's,
0: he's a special one. He definitely is. One
1: thousand percent agree.
0: And the chemistry you guys have on there is outstanding. But for you, also for you, you kind of like a head coach also with sports vision to identify talent, to give talent an opportunity. What is that like in this career now? Now that again, you are. I, I totally see where, where you're coming from. Is because for me, I'm only as good as the team around me, and I, I can I try to work really hard, and make sure everyone else is around me set up for success. But for you, what is that like to see to tag a guy like Thrift and Miss Loretta and all that to just see them flourish in their own right. Well, again, I go back to my
2: upbringing, my parents, because ego can, 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 oh, can yeah. eat you alive. You know what? You know, when you recognize talent, you know, when you want to be the smartest guy in the room, you obviously are not going to be the most successful. I'm, I'm not afraid of a recognizing talent. I know and I, and I, and I identify with it. And if, if I can get them to join my team, by all means, <laughs> I am because I don't profess to know it all. You know what yeah. I mean? I just I know that there's so many other things that people can add to the team. And those individuals, Loretta, Thrift, and uh, and the likes, uh, of course, uh, not just filling in for Dale, but even when Dale was on board or uh, was healthy, uh, you know, these were people that we never have a problem with young people. We partnered with the CSU uh, broadcast program, and we brought in interns to, you know, to, to shadow and do all those types of things that, uh, you know, it's just uh, – Whatever, whatever, and again, you know the kids today—they're so social uh, with the social media, man, and yep. IT. They're all—they're all over it, man. And again, we, we're old guys. Like, <laughs> I do—I do enough to be dangerous, but I'm nothing like the, to the extent of what these, <laughs> young, these youngsters could do now. So by
1: all means, I—I I, I welcome them. I welcome them on board. Sports visions has been a lot of places, yep. and you had the one thing I—I I, I remember from those days, and I see it all the times in the commercials that you had, that you had is that you guys have been covering college football. You've covered major Georgia games. You've covered the SEC championship. You've covered Atlanta Hawks games. You cover stuff all over the place. What's been the one place that you've covered doing sports visions that's kind of just stands out? as like I can't believe we are here. <laughs> we've uh, we've covered several
2: Super Bowls. Uh, we were I can remember one in particular. out, wow. in, out in Dallas, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cowboys. Uh, uh, no.
1: Pittsburgh, uh, whoever it Green was.
2: Green Bay? Green Bay. Yes, yeah. Green Bay, yeah. We lost forty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the Gadget play
1: what? I this is the one Super Bowl that Aaron Rodgers won. I can't remember ah, okay, gotcha. the gadget And
2: it was also a, a freeze a freeze over in in, in in uh in the Fort Dallas Fort Worth Fort Worth area then it mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, if Texans don't know how to deal with
0: cold. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like again, a yeah. back. So if there is a 4% chance of like ice on the, you mm-hmm. shut all the schools yeah. down, have no idea how to drive in it. So yeah. sorry. you had to deal with that,
2: but that super bowl and a couple of others, but we also did the national championship game. Uh, of course, most recently at Mercedes Benz a few years. Yeah, back. that's right. Did the SEC championship games, uh, you know, uh, SEC media days every year for the last ooh, 12, 13 years. Always fun so. running into you guys there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, but it's so much man to, uh, to, to, to you know and especially in this part of the country that uh, we've been very very fortunate to be a part of and you know again it, it wasn't our first rodeo because again by playing in the league and and Dale playing uh, at the highest level in the college as, as far as national championship games and conference championship games I mean we were just you know kind of reliving uh you know our time at those events man and uh you know having a great time and seeing a lot of people that we knew over the years and you mentioned that network uh that we have of, of having the opportunity to Bring in some people. Been, you know, it goes back you know, to way before we even started Sports Vision seventeen years ago. It goes back
0: to our collegiate careers back yeah. in the,
2: in, the, in the seventy nine eight. Well, for Dale 79,
0: 78, 79, Me for eighty through the <laughs> eighty three. What would you tell young DJ who's practicing broadcasting in the mirror with a broom to where he is now, to owning Sports Vision's, going through the journey? Just how incredible is that? What would you tell young DJ?
2: Well, you know, I would tell him to to really just. Chase your dreams. Again, uh, I I see, you know, I played every sport, football, baseball, basketball. If I got my lesson and did my chores, my parents gave me the opportunity to do what I wanted to do. Of course, and and that that was just a part of the discipline, a part of growing up and maturing. But uh, just, you know, know, whatever it is, you might be an artist. You might be a, uh, you know, you might be a, a scientist. But you don't have to necessarily be an athlete. But this was really what I would tell them also. You don't have to play the game to be a part of the game. I mean, look at what you guys do as a, you know, as, as, as a sports anchor, as a, as, a, as a reporter, you know, as a news director, a sports director, uh, you know, they got camera people, they got uh, all kinds of producers, uh, researchers with these networks, man, there's so many different ways that you can, you can, you can be in the game. Of course, and even on the medical side from trainers to uh, a physical therapist. So yeah, every opportunity, uh, don't, don't, don't get discouraged because, you, because if you, if you love sports, there's more than enough ways to be a part of it. And uh, I, w- I would definitely let not only my, uh, you know, the, the inner DJ and me, but I want the kids today to know that, uh, yeah. again, uh, that's, uh, and again, a lot of kids have earned, earned uh, paid their way through college, college by, you know, of course being a trainer or a manager or, yeah. or, 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 or a lot of other things.
1: Yeah. You see that nowadays, you know, especially I've seen this, I don't know about you Rex, but you know, in recent signing days we've covered where we've seen oh, yeah. equipment managers, yes. getting scholarships, we've seen trainers getting scholarships, like, there are so many different ways to get to that point, and you're absolutely right. You know, take it from a guy who was a baseball reject and a former tennis player on the high school level. Uh, and Rex, I know you, uh, Rex, I know you were a basketball player in high stop, school. Stop growing at five eight. We played,
0: played about the rim though. Uh, uh, well, the, if the rim was a Fisher Price <laughs> rim, absolutely. That, that, that's exactly where my game was at. Oh man, I could I could foul with the best of them, and not play. I tried to play defense. I played baseball, absolutely terrible, hitting the curveball. But yeah, I think definitely is that uh, <laughs> that really wrong true was that you can still be a part of the game and we you know we try to model ourselves to have good energy and be passionate about it because I think just with the what you said too is that just because they aren't the Dallas Cowboys you got to cover them like they are because it's right. a big big deal to them and you guys again I, we sit back and we're just so impressed with what you guys have done it, well, it really again I don't want to sound
2: redundant but again uh, you know you guys are uh, you know hey, forget about me you guys uh, I want I want folks to realize if they don't already recognize the the, the amount. Of, of work you guys put in the, the amount of passion that you have. You guys genuinely love it. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. it really, you love it. You can hear it in your, in your, in your broadcast. You can hear it on the radio when I'm talking to you. And we're from all of these remote <laughs> locations around the Southeast, man. I mean, it's, it's a great thing, man.
1: We, we, like I said, we, we appreciate it, man. We There's do. a
2: love fest here going, <laughs>
1: <right>? <laughs> but, but I go back. There's one thing that we hadn't talked about. I wanted to get to while we still have a little bit of time. left is you, have done so much you actually got to be a part of broadcast at San Francisco I remember you used to do some stuff for channel two in Atlanta yeah. Oh, yeah. talk because talk, this is back when they used to televise some of the uh, UGA games yes what was that like
2: man I tell you it was incredible and I'll tell you how I got on board back in 2010 uh Damon Evans was this uh athletic director at that time and Damon was wanting to diversify the sports bra uh, the radio broadcasting team so I had been in the business uh and he you know they they, they, they keep up with me regardless of whether I <laughs> want them to or not but they they follow me and and then you know and, and he asked me to come on board and and I was actually a part of the uh, game day broadcast, uh, the pregame show uh, with, of course, uh, Scott Howard and uh, Eric Zier. I was a defensive analyst, and I came on and during the pregame to talk about the opposing team's defense and Georgia's defense. And Eric did the offense. And in between time, you know, Kevin Butler has a show that he hosts. I was I was like a Swiss Army knife. I would they would put me <laughs> in to whatever. But it was I was very fortunate to have opportunity to be the first African American uh, broadcast radio uh, radio broadcaster with the uh, Georgia radio broadcast team and. That's Man, amazing. it was pleasant. In that deal, uh, you know, Bob Neal, the great Bob Neal, would call George yes. WSB. This was before the SEC network. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we would do several Georgia games, the spring game. I would do the uh, signing day broadcast with Chuck Dottle, where we do the signing day right there in the facility, and they, you know, all the the, the 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 signees come through the uh, fax machine and all. <laughs> A whole nine yards. I mean, it was great, man. And I, and I had been part of it really intensively up until, the, you know, before the pandemic. And, uh, okay. of course, uh, when that hit, it shut everything down. But, you guys, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it, let you hear it here first, whether I, I get the gig or not. Chuck so Dottle has stepped down as the uh, football yes. sideline reporter, and uh, I understand my name is in the hat. So, good luck. Hello. yeah, Good luck, man. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. we we'll are praying for you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, Hopefully a win. <laughs> that would just be another, uh, you know, Ice a piece of icing on top of the cake. And that just,
1: resume, man. And that's I mean, true. in the the, line, the list of people that he's worked with over yeah. there. I mean, Scott Howard, the voice of the dogs. Yep. You're talking about Eric Zier, a great quarterback for UGA, and yep. the, the play on the color analyst on the games. You talk about Bob Neal, absolute legend. <laughs> you are talking about Chuck Dowdle, who was a legend of Atlanta sportscasting, and then was part of the UGA broadcast for so that's many years. Amazing. DJ. I mean.
0: First of all, that see, he told you that news nerd stuff, right? Told you about that. Told you about the news nerd yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, But
2: Lawrence Smith as well as Neil Hondo Williamson, those are another yeah, couple absolutely, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those, it was it's incredible, man. But like I said, you know, if if if, if and again, I plan on being around, around a long time. But if the clock stopped right now, man, the world didn't know me anything. I wow. thank God for a, a tremendous. Opportunity to do what only I, as a little young nappy headed
0: boy, <laughs> in, I in, love in, how he in, describes in, himself in,
2: in Buena Vista, states man, just on the block up there, just <laughs> trying to just want to make my parents proud, wanting to make my community proud. And uh, I think that uh, I, I can say that I have, but I still have a whole lot more in me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I hopefully, w- I will have opportunity to continue doing what we're doing.
1: And see, I see a lot of me and you, DJ, because you know, a lot of our stories are similar. You know, you grew up in Vista Estates. I grew up in East Columbus. Okay. You know, trying to, you know, and just wanting to make the community proud. Yeah. And there's a, a lot to be said for that. And, you know, Rex, I've had this conversation with you about being able to be in your hometown and trying to make a difference. I'm That's just along right.
0: for the ride, y'all. I'm just <laughs> for the ride. No,
1: you're not. You, make, you are the sports
0: director <laughs> for WRBM. I, I just point people in the right direction and hopefully things will work out. Uh, got to uh, as we wrap up here. Just got to ask though, uh, as you know, still passionate about your dogs. How do you like where they're at right now? I love it. I love it. I think Kirby has done a tremendous job of getting uh, the, the, the the
2: talent in. The depth is uh, is is such. JT seems to be the guy at the quarterback position, man, doesn't he? Can throw <laughs> mm-hmm. it all around the yard. So you know, again, uh, just uh, it's now or never, man. I mean, this is the yep. time is now.
1: I can one hundred percent agree with that because with Brian Harson
0: down there in Auburn, he making a big splash in uh, at least the transfer portal, and of course, Coach Saban being Coach Saban. Yes, I think again, knocking on the door right there. It, it's it's really great to see that this community, especially the dogs. Are, are are rising, and I'm sure you would, you want to see another national champion. I mean, as great as the ni- 1980 yeah, yeah. championship was, amazing, right? Right. i about ready for another one to come. Ready to for Athens? another
2: one, but again, this this season, this against UAB, the second game of the year, yeah. we're going to have uh, our uh, 40 40th uh, reunion for the national championship team. It was, it was no initially kidding. scheduled for last year, but right, it canceled yeah. because of COVID. But to get all of those uh, those guys back together, man, and again, for this is uh, this year is as prime as it is for the team. Uh, to possibly win a championship. We're going to learn a lot about ourselves in, uh, up in Charlotte, I believe yep. it's September the 4th. It's be great. But even He's if, if they're not successful, uh, they still have an opportunity, again, to, 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 to do win the SEC and, mm-hmm. uh, and then still be in, in contention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that if, even if you lose at Clemson, you're not out of it by any stretch.
0: Uh, how do you stay motivated, DJ? You've done so much and you still have so much more well, to
1: do. Well, you know, again, just just enjoying life.
2: I like people. I like, you know, I just like good conversation. I like, you know, doing things and, and doing, doing good deeds. I like making sure that I'm an example for our, our student athletes. I like being a, a resource for our coaches because the coaches have been so, such an integral part of my yeah. life. And, uh, you know, whether, you know, you do have coaches that, are, you know, seem to feel a certain type of way and they, they're, and that's, you know, territorial left is what I'm saying. But, Listen, I'm a resource. I don't. I don't want to coach your kids. I just want to help your kids, and and, and I tell them that every chance I have, uh, get get to to talk to them. But again, with uh, you know, by knowledge where I've been, you know, it's not a whole lot, but you know, I think it's a little bit more than most. And uh, yep. hey, call me. I'm there <laughs> for you.
1: Amen to that, DJ. Uh, Rex, I think we're going to get ready to wrap this up. We've Absolutely. always say the, saved the last, same question for last. Oh, yeah. Very yes, much sir. so.
0: Go ahead. Jack, you know what? I've been asking it. You go, you, you go ahead and take it, bro.
1: So, DJ, we have a tradition here on, on Your Sidelines that with your help. And DJ is going to be a good resource on this one. Exactly. Who would you like to see sitting in that chair? In this chair? Yes, yes sir. Getting interviewed by us. He's going into the
2: Georgia Athletic Director's. Association Hall of Fame on June the 5th and his name is Wallace Davis. All right. If you hadn't had him, you got to get him. He
0: is a legend. Oh, shoot. We, that, shoot. Well, need, bar- I see, <laughs>
1: need I say anymore? And guess
0: what? DJ sets the bar really high. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and if you need some
2: help with that, then, you, know, you know, that's my guy. That's oh, my okay. Guy. So, again, we got the right guy. We got exactly. the guy
0: help <laughs> DJ, stick around for a little bit. But thank you so, so much for joining us. And also just thank you for helping us on our journey as, as being sports broadcasters. Guys, really it's an honor.
2: And uh, like I said, being immediate partners and being friends and being uh, associates, man, I, I tell you, I really, really look forward to working with you guys in any capacity. Absolutely. So Appreciate let's, you, let's go ahead
0: and wrap this up with some final thoughts. Uh, woo! Jack. Uh, Wow. <laughs> I mean, DJ Jones has done so much in this community, continues to do so much for this community. And when you brought it up, too, I was about to draw the parallel that you guys have similar journeys, Jack. How great is it to to, to learn where DJ's path was from and where he's going now?
1: I mean, it's kind of surreal, man. <laughs> it's, you know, just seeing somebody who's done what you're trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, me and you have had this conversation many a times about. Trying to you know just do what's you know represent your community you know I always say you know he said he was I, his words that he was a nappy <laughs> headed kid from Vista Estates I just direct said,
0: quote hey, people direct quote
1: not direct quote <laughs> but that I'm just a kid from East Columbus trying to live the dream and you know you see a guy that's done it yeah. been there and done it and continue to do it and you know not only was this informative you know to see you know. All the things that DJ's done and accomplished, but just, you know, see how, you know, passionate he is about this business, this business that we share. And man, it's just, it, you know, Rex, we have a saying about another thing that me and you have a, in common that's professional wrestling about how there's never been a bad one of these. Yeah. Certain things. Yep. Seven episodes on your sidelines <laughs> and seven fantastic episode. And
0: that's just that that's just how the amazing people we get to talk to but before we head out and you know tell you all about everything we also definitely want to share uh, continue to pray and have our thoughts and prayers for Dale Williams, uh, yeah, an amazing human being who's battling some tough stuff right now, comes from a great family. His son actually worked with us for a little while. But uh, Dale, if you 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 know if you get to listen to this, just know we've always been thinking about you and praying for you. You've been such a good and great person to us and helped us grow. Again, I, I came from Texas. You guys didn't have to be nice to me. You really didn't. But you guys helped take my game to the next level. And Dale, you were a big uh, big part of that. So we hope you come back soon. Because DJ keeps saying, this comeback's coming. I can't wait to see and the next I can't, chapter.
1: I, can't, I, can't, I cannot wait to see you we miss you Dale we love you Dale and we can't wait to see you back and better than ever and you know we'll be talking it up just like we used to man so God bless you get well soon and we can't wait to see you and talk to you again man
0: Time to wrap this up, Jack. Uh, of course, you know what, Dylan? Let, let, let's let the people know where they can find us on the podcast. Hit
1: that music, Dylan. Let's wrap it up. Rex, where can they find us?
0: Well, guys, you can ev- always watch the On Your Sidelines podcast right here on WRBL.com. Of course, eventually we're going to get these episodes on Spotify, your Apple podcast, and Audible. I
1: promise you we're working on working that. Working
0: on it, people. It's a lot of red tape. I promise you it's going to happen. But, of course, we're going to share clips of this and then a direct link on our social media pages. Jack, where can they find us?
1: Yes, we're going to not screw this up this time, hey, you can we find y'all. Us on Twitter, Rex is at Rex Castillo TV. I am at Jay Patterson TV. You can follow us on Facebook as well WRBO Rex Castillo and WRBO Jack Patterson. And be sure to follow the News 3 Sports Team pages as well, Rex take us home ladies
0: and gentlemen thanks again for joining us again on this next episode can't thank dj jones enough again you can watch these episodes every other week twice a month right on wrbl.com eventually coming up to those great uh places like spotify audible and uh apple podcast it's gonna happen people but for jack i'm rex castee guys thank you so much for joining us right here on your see side
1: you lines. in two weeks shout out to dylan and colin